Welcome to the Nino's Corner Podcast. This is beautiful. What is that, Velvet? Hosted by Nick, Nino's Corner Battle. Damn right. What's up, peeps? Nick Battle, a.k.a. Nino's Corner, man. The NFL draft is over now. We've gone through rounds one through seven. Um, we got a, a chance to see who got drafted, who didn't get drafted, uh, what teams drafted very well, what teams didn't draft very well. So I'm going to kind of go into some installments this weekend, give you guys a little bit of uh, information when it comes to the draft, who I thought had a decent draft, who I thought had great drafts, who I thought didn't have good drafts at all. You know, So we'll start off with what teams I thought had good dra- drafts and had some surprising picks. I'm going to start off with my favorite team, which is the Dallas Cowboys. And I feel like the Dallas Cowboys got a hell of a pick with the first pick of the draft and CeeDee Lamb and just the improvement in his production level, you know, just over these past two years. If you look at his 2018 season, CeeDee Lamb was still one of the top wide receivers in the country. Um, and he posted a Nino's corner number, which you guys hear me say my NCN, which stands for Nino's corner number. He posted a Nino's corner number guys of, uh, 69.7 in his sophomore year, which is, uh, actually truly amazing for any kind of wide receiver. If you put that into perspective on the NFL side of the house, 76 NCN was to score for Chris Godwin. He was the most efficient wide receiver in the league this year. So he led all wide receivers in the NFL. You extrapolate CeeDee Lamb's numbers in 2018, um, to the NFL side of the house, uh, it's a 68.7, so just a, a single point drop off, which means to say that he's a very consistent wide receiver when it comes to um, his efficiency and and his effectiveness as a uh, as a play as as a catcher, as a ball catcher, um, as a playmaker. Um, his explosive play rate is just through the roof. And in 2018, guys, let's take a look. His his explosive play rate. Uh, per target was uh, 26.8%, so 28% um, for the college level. And on the NFL side of the house, uh, it's 18.3%. So, guys, I calculate the number just a little bit different when it comes to the NFL and college. I count the college um, plays that are explosive in nature as being 15 yards, and the NFL plays as being 20 yards. So, um, if you see a drop off in the player, like a significant drop off in the player, that's that's showing that they're getting a lot of 15 yard catches um, when it comes to being an explosive player. But on the NFL side of the house, that number has to extrapolate to 20 yard catches or more or 20 yard runs or more when it comes to a running back. And if a person's number drops off like 30 percent to 5 percent, that lets you know that they're really they're very explosive for the college side of the house. Um, but on the NFL side of the house, when you have to be more talented DBs, more talented linebackers, you got to get 20 yards. And it really separates people who are going to be possession receivers versus people who are going to be truly explosive players. So that was CeeDee Lamb's 2018 season, guys. He had a 69.7 uh, NCN 
And if you look at his 2019 season, how could he get better? He got a whole lot better because he was now the number one option um, in, in the 2018 season. He will see the clear cut number two option behind Hollywood Brown, who's now playing on Sundays for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, so when CeeDee Lamb became the number one option, his uh, NCN at, at the college level jumped up to an 80 which is extremely high. His um, explosive rate per target uh, jumped up from 26.8% in 2018 to 35.4% in 2019. And, and on the NFL side of the house uh, for his NFL um, rate, when it comes to catching explosive plays, it went up from 18.3% in 2018 to 28% in 2019. So his numbers went off the board overall better um, from his sophomore to his junior year. And so he was the man. And what's very, uh, I guess, humbling about that stat for him is that he was continuously seeing double coverages pretty much every game. He didn't have that um, that luxury in this true sophomore year because you had Hollywood Brown on one side, so you couldn't double team uh, uh, CD or Hollywood because both were just that good. So in saying that, when it became truly his team, he was able to get the ball. He showed that he could really ball out. Um, his 40 time wasn't the fastest at the combine is what I thought it would be. However, hey, when you get that guy in space, he's a monster. And one thing that I love about his his play is a lot of guys run four fours, a lot of guys run four threes, but when they put the pads on, they don't run like they have a you know a four three or a four four speed. CeeDee Lamb definitely runs like he let's say for instance, he he runs a four or five without pads, and I'm pretty sure he runs a four or four with pads. That's how quick he is. That's how fast he is. He carries, and he's a strong player, too. If you turn on the tape and watch him, he's he's always breaking tackles. His yards have to catch is something amazing, and he high points the ball very well. Very reminiscent of a Des Bryant kind of player, but way more wiggle, way more wiggle. He's way more elusive. I can't wait to see him line up on Sundays in a Cowboy uniform with me being a Cowboys fan to have him, Amari Cooper, and Gallup on the same team. It's going to be an amazing trio of wide receivers. So, CeeDee Lamb, his numbers went up from his sophomore to junior year. It's truly amazing. I thought the Cowboys had a good draft. I think another team that had a good draft that had some great sleeper picks were the Arizona Cardinals. Um, sure, they could have probably picked an offensive lineman a little bit sooner to keep Kyler Murray upright. I think he is definitely going to be the cornerstone of the team. He had a hell of a season last year. But what they did do in that first round was get uh, possibly the best defensive player in the whole draft, and Isaiah Simmons from Clemson. Um, and they end up picking up the tackle from Houston, um, I think the second or third round. But they had a just an overall good draft. But I want to highlight one of the guys I think who's going to be a sleeper for them. And I don't think a lot of people realize just how good this guy is. Um, this guy had a third, a third or fourth round grade on him. Uh, his name is Eno Benjamin. He's the running back for, from Arizona state. He got drafted in the seventh round for the Cardinals. I think that was a hell of a steal for the Cardinals. Uh, Eno Benjamin, if you'd have told me after his sophomore year that he was going to go in the seventh round, I would have probably told you guys. I would have probably slapped you. You know, um, after his sophomore year, guys, let's just look at what he did. Eno Benjamin was a true beast in the 2018 season. Um, He had uh, an NCN uh, score of 81. 
Yeah, 81.41. Uh, I'm sorry, 81.42 was his uh, NCN total. The only running back that I tracked in the 2018 season had a higher NCN was Travis Etienne uh, from Clemson. And we got, we all know how explosive that he is, but he had 107.9 NCN, which is his off the record. I mean, I haven't seen a, a score that high, even in the NFL, he was just that elusive and great his sophomore season. Um, but let's talk about, you know, Benjamin, he was, he had the, the second highest NCN in college football, um, with an 81.42. And how did he get that number, guys? He was a hell of a receiver and a hell of a rusher. The dude averaged almost, uh, what was it, 5.5 yards a, a carry. So he had 300 yards, I'm sorry, 300 uh, attempts, uh, 1,642 yards, guys, 16 touchdowns, another 35 receptions for 263 yards, 7.5 yards a reception, two reception touchdowns. So the thing that he was really good at, his – Catch percentage was was really well. So he had an 81.4% catch percentage, um, which was higher than Travis Etienne's. Um, the only other player who had a higher um, catch percentage amongst the major guys that were coming out this year was J.K. Dobbins in 2018. He had an 83.87 uh, catch percentage. Um, his first downs, he had, let me see, 16 first down receptions. Um, in, in, uh, 2018 and he had five reception explosive plays. So he was, he was really getting after it. Um, yeah. Uh, his rushing yards, like I said, guys, he was amazing. Uh, let me see. He had 30 explosive running plays in 2018 and only one fumble in 2018. So his, his NCN, like I said, was an 81.4 for his, Sophomore year, the 2018 season at Arizona State, was expecting. I was expecting big things from him his junior year because I just kind of knew that this kid was going to go pro because he just has kind of like that it factor. Um, but he didn't have the best season. He had a 55.4 uh, NCN in 2019, um, which is not high at all. Not high at all, guys. I was expecting a lot better um, for him. Um, however. Uh, there are some reasons why he had five fumbles um, this past year compared to the one in in uh, 2018. So he has to get the ball secured a little bit better. He dropped a lot of easy catches this year also, even though he had a catch percentage, guys, of 81%. Could have been a lot higher. He dropped some pretty easy balls. Um, but his uh, average yards per catch went up by a yard, went up to 8.3 yards per catch. But his yards per rush, guys, went down to 4.3%. I'm sorry, not not 4.3%, but 4.3 yards per attempt. He only had 1,083 yards this year, guys. But once you go back and look at the Arizona State uh, team and you look at what made that offense really click, it was the fact that they had Eno Benjamin, who was uh, probably, if not the best running back in the Pac-12 in 2018. But they also had a very good dual threat um, uh, quarterback. And who's Manny Wilkins in 2018. And Manny Wilkins was a really good runner, um, 4.4 yards per attempt. And those are with sacks counted in. That's how college does it. College counts your sack yardage into your rushing yards for a quarterback. And you're still able to average four and a half yards or nearly four and a half yards per attempt. Um, the guy that they had this year, Jaden Daniels, is not as good of a runner as Manny Wilkins or not as elusive. And he averaged like 2.3 yards per attempt. 
So when you look at that with, you know, Benjamin, you're looking at a guy that when the defense is lined up against him, they're going to realize that he's going to run and they don't have to worry about the threat of the quarterback running as much as they did the previous season. So they could put the nine in the box to stop him and not have to worry about the quarterback. Now, they did have a good wide receiver, um, you know, this year who got drafted in the first round by the 49ers. Uh, I think Brandon Ayuka. Yeah, but, man, he, he can ball. But anyways, it's not about him today. It's about it's about Benjamin today. But I think that was one of the main reasons that um, you know Benjamin did not have a season that you know that I thought he was going to have. Um, but I think he's going to be a definite steal for the Arizona Cardinals this year. I think with a guy like Kyler Murray who can run the ball, um, and you know Benjamin fits that mold of uh, play with his own read, and he's been running that pretty much his probably his whole life because he's a texas kid down from marshall texas around the wiley area uh and uh, uh he was really good in high school i thought you know i'm a longhorn guy you guys know that i thought the longhorn should have picked him instead of tonell carter um however you know benjamin did not get uh heavily recruited by the longhorns you know going there in those arizona state and lit that college of fire and is now in the league um so I think it's going to be a definite steal. A seven-round draft pick for a guy who should have been a third or fourth rounder is a definite steal for a team like the Cardinals. Um, I can see him and, and uh, Kenyon Drake definitely being a uh, one-two punch. He's going to have to climb up that depth chart, but with David Johnson now out of the equation, you got Kenyon Drake there. You have you know Benjamin. Don't be surprised at how well this guy is going to do in the league, guys. I think he's going to be a pretty decent running back in this league. Uh, smaller in stature, 5'9", maybe 210 pounds. Not the fastest guy, like a 4'5", 4'5", 4'5", guy in the 40. But uh, he is uh, a very physical runner. Um, and he hides behind his 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 offensive lineman pretty well. So I think him coupled with uh, Kenyon Drake will be a pretty nice one-two punch. Uh, he can catch the ball pretty well out of the backfield. Kenyon Drake really excels at that. Um, something that, you know, Benjamin's going to have to work on a little bit more to get on that level. But I think it's going to be a great, great steal for the Arizona Cardinals there in that seventh round, guys. And on that note, guys, we're going to go to a small break, guys, and then we're going to come back and, and talk winners and losers of the draft. All right, Nino's Corner. All right, guys, and we're back after the break. And so we're going to talk, you know, winners and losers from the draft this past weekend. Uh, I want to start off and say that I think uh, we got three definite teams. Well, we got – more than three. This was a very deep draft, and teams took advantage of the depth of this draft. Um, but some teams I thought they had a really good draft, guys. Uh, the Vikings had a really, really good draft. I'm going to go through my notes here, guys. Um, you know, So they got Justin Jefferson from LSU. Perfect slot. Perfect slot guy. Um, the only thing about this is that we all know that um, uh, uh, Adam Thielen is their slot guy. And Justin Jefferson, I think over 90% of his snaps at LSU were from the slot. So it's it's gonna have to it's it's gonna be interesting to see how they work in Thielen and Justin Jefferson at the same time. Cause you want your first round pick. He's a first round pick, he's expected to play. Do they run two guys in the slot? Do they kick one guy out to the uh, outside or what? It's gonna be interesting. Can can Thielen play the outside wide out, or can Justin Jefferson play the outside wide out? We shall see. But Justin Jefferson, just from a quality pick and um, just just a player, he can ball, man. I love the pick. I also love the pick. Let's take a look at it. Oh, yeah, Jeff Gladney. Uh, he's a very good DB. I think their sleeper pick is going to be their defensive tackle that they got, James Lynch out of Baylor. That dude's a monster. 
Um, very strong and physical guy, sets the edge really well. And Baylor was able to run a three-man front in the Big 12, which is so hard to do, guys. Uh, it's so hard to run a three-man front because of the spread offenses and teams able to gash you up the middle due to you having to run a three-man front. Baylor was able to run a three-man front and be very successful, not only in the conference, but also in the bowl game. They didn't win the bowl game. However, James Lynch is a monster, guys. I mean, this this guy sets the edge very well. Uh, he played a little bit of defense tackle, a little bit of defensive end. He kind of went all over the line. That's why I think it's going to be a valuable, valuable piece to the um, to the Vikings this season and, and, you know, for seasons that are coming up. So he is – I think it's going to be a steal for them. Other guys who had a great draft, guys. Oh, man, Baltimore Ravens, man. Patrick Queen from LSU at the linebacker position. Very quick uh, linebacker. Uh you know, like the Ravens have been missing a great linebacker since they lost C.J. Mosley, uh, J.K. Dobbins in the second round. Wow. Uh, talk about value. You pair him in the backfield with a Mark Ingram, you know, so you can spell Ingram. J.K. Dobbins is a very strong runner, um, a one-cut guy. I remember him coming out of the state of Texas, coming out of high school, going to Ohio State, and just seeing how electric he was. He's not the tallest guy, which is great because he can hide behind his blocks. Very stout runner. Love the way he runs. Man, he can ball out. He had a sophomore slump. Freshman year was amazing. A little bit of a sophomore slump. And then last year, we saw J.K. Dobbins ball out, especially with a good quarterback who can run the ball too in Justin Fields. Now, we're going to see J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram in the backfield. I would love to see them split out. Or, well, not split out. I would love to see them with, you know, like you got Jackson in the shotgun and Ingram and J.K. Dobbins to the side of uh, – of Jackson. It's going to be an amazing, amazing, um, you know, thing to see over there in Baltimore. Baltimore also got a guy who I really love because he's a Texas guy, but he's a baller. Devin Duvernay probably has the best hands in the draft. And it's not just me saying it. That was um, a lot of draft analysts have said the same thing. He had one, two drops over his whole career at Texas. Just think about that for a minute. Two drops over his whole career. Led the country in receptions last year. Um, a hell of a player. Built like a running back. Plays the slot. Another weapon for uh, Jackson. He loves to work the middle of the field. And with Devin Duvernay running the, running over the middle of that field, it's going to be an amazing thing to watch. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, his uh, NCN was around a 75 or 77. I don't have the exact number, but it was very high also this this past year because he caught a lot of balls, um, didn't drop many, and he wasn't – he was – mostly when he was targeted, he caught the ball. Um, so a, a great pickup for them. He's going to do very well there. I can't wait to see him play. Other teams that had a good draft grade, I already told you guys about my Cowboys. I think the Cowboys were getting CeeDee Lamb during the first round. That was an awesome pick for them. I thought with them getting CeeDee Lamb that they were not going to get a DB in the second round because all the good DB talent would have been gone off of the board by then. Was I wrong? <laughs> Trevon Diggs from Alabama, um, NFL-ready body. Uh, a very good technician when it comes to being a a, a a cornerback out there. I like Gallimore from Oklahoma. Can't believe I'm saying that I like Oklahoma players. You know, I'm from Texas. However, Gallimore is a a freak of nature. He's a very quick twitch guy. I think he ran a four eight four nine in the forty at three hundred and ten pounds at the combine. A very very good player. Another um, guy that I like. Uh, I like I like Robinson from Tulsa. He's good. I like the guard that they got from uh, Wisconsin. Uh, oh, Bradley Anai, uh, the edge rusher from Utah. 
he slipped down to them, I think, to the fifth or sixth round. He ended up picking him up. This guy was a first-team All-American this year. He slipped a lot in the draft because he ran a poor time at the combine. I think he ran a 4-9, 40 um, at the combine. Maybe the jitters, maybe wasn't feeling the best. But then he had a verified time like immediately after the combine because he was not happy. He ran a 4-7, so that cleaned clean some things up. I think his him not having the pro day kind of hurt his draft stock just, you know, like due to this COVID-19. Um um, you know, virus. So I think they got a hell of a deal with him too. Um, other teams that had good drafts, guys, we already talked about the Cardinals earlier. I think they had a very good draft for getting Simmons and then getting, you know, Benjamin getting the tackle. Um, uh, Josh Jones out of Houston. Oh, and they got Rashad Lawrence from LSU. I like, I like guys who, uh, who stay in the system for three to four years or four years and come back for like their fourth year. And that, and that is what Lawrence did at, at LSU could have easily left after his junior year and probably been a, you know, a third or fourth round pick or at, at worst, the same position where he got picked now, but he stayed that extra year. I like guys with that kind of maturity. I think he's going to be a very good fit for that team. A uh, very good vocal leader over there at uh, LSU, a very good player. Um, he's from the, uh, where's he from? Monroe or uh, Alexandria, but you guys, you know, I'm, I'm from Shreveport originally, so I have a soft, you know, spot in my heart for guys in that area. Um, now, let's get the team to, I think, didn't have the best of draft, and let's talk about the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay, what are you doing? You got Aaron Rodgers. I understand that if 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 you want to pick his successor now, that's fine. Jordan Love was not a bad pick to pick up in the first round. But if you're going to pick him in the first round, there's a lot of talent out there at the wide receiver position that could have been had in the second and third rounds. And Green Bay passed it up. 27 wide receivers passed up throughout the draft. They didn't pick a one. 27 wide receivers picked. Green Bay didn't pick a one at the start of the seventh round. That is pathetic. Um, I'm not saying that Green Bay would have beat or can beat the 49ers, but you got to give them a shot. You got to give them a shot. Adams is no no kidding uh, a top 10 wide receiver in the league, if not a top five, but they don't have anybody else that they can say is the guy. And it had this was a, a, a receiver deep draft that I feel like the Green Bay Packers could have drafted somebody to give Aaron Rodgers some help. Now, I wonder, is this like a, a – a, a signal to him like, hey, we're going to move on after this next year or two from you. We just want you to coach this kid up just like we let Favre coach you up and we let him go. Um, I hope not. You know, you always want to see the the greats be treated halfway decent. But, at, hey, guys, at the end of the day, this is a business. And if, if the guys who are coming into the draft, if you don't see what teams are doing to some of their players, and I'm not saying doing to their players, but they had to make business decisions. And so the only thing I can tell you guys is do the best uh, with your business decisions. If they drafted you, act like this is your last contract. Uh, Make sure that you are going to be self-sufficient because you're going to make a bunch of money here in the NFL if you are able to sustain and be on the roster um, for at least three or four years. You're going to make more money in four years than most people make in 15 to 20. So maximize it, guys. Don't blow the money. This is a business. If teams are willing to replace Aaron Rodgers, if you're an unknown uh, uh, person that's on their roster right now, they will replace you too. This is a business. 
So Aaron Rodgers is not replaced yet, but they did draft Jordan Love in the first round for a reason. You don't draft guys in the first round if you don't want them to play sooner rather than later. And the sooner rather than later might be in two years. Very reminiscent of what Aaron Rodgers uh, uh, and Brett Favre situation. Um, I think Brett Favre is 35 and they drafted Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is 36 right now and they drafted his probable successor. Um, Same thing with the Kansas City Chiefs. They drafted... Pat Mahomes, knowing that they had Alex Smith on the roster. However, he sat for a year, and then he was the starter for that. We shall see what happens. But Green Bay, you had a great team that 13-3, and three, if I'm not mistaken, or 12-4, and four, but you went to the NFC Championship game, and you didn't have any weapons to help your quarterback, who many have arguably said might have been might be the best quarterback of his generation. Um. He's a bad man that, you know, like that's what Stephen A. Smith said. He's a bad man. Right. But you got to give him some help, guys. And that help didn't come. So on that note, what were you doing? What were you doing? Green Bay Packers. Let me check my notes a little bit more. I think that's the only people I really want to highlight. They did not have the best of draft. Philadelphia. I'm sorry, guys. Philadelphia Eagles. I know they're my division. I'm a Cowboy fan. They're my division. Philly. What in the hell were you thinking? All those receivers on the board, all those receivers on the board in the second round. You got Jalen Rager in the first round. I love the pick. Jalen Rager from TCU has been a menace to every Big 12 team and every team that he's played um, throughout his whole career. It's been a menace. The second round, you pick Jalen Hurts in the second round. Nothing against Jalen. So happy for Jalen. He is a, a, a guy that I loved watching play. I'll tell you guys, my in-laws, my wife is from Alabama. They're big UA fans. I have two sister-in-laws that went to UA. I got two nieces that went to UA and they graduated from UA. So it is just um, kind of amazing um, to, to see uh, them not get skill positions to help Carson Wentz. But I kind of understand it because Carson Wentz stays hurt a lot. He's a $100 million man, but he's always hurt. So you kind of have to need somebody that's going to back up your quarterback. And Jalen is a guy who is a very mature. Um, he's going to do whatever it takes. Um, very unselfish player. And that's what you need from your second-string quarterback. But just having drafted your second-string quarterback in the second round might have been a reach. He might have been available there in the third round. But he's picking the second round. I'm happy for him. I, I I love the way he plays. I'm a big fan of his, and I hope he does very well, and I hope he's very successful in the NFL, except when he plays the Cowboys. All right, but the rest of their draft, man, not impressed. I mean, I like Hightower. I do like Watkins um, as far as the wide receivers, but I thought you could have possibly gotten better talent, better quality of player in, in the second round and then drafted your backup quarterback in the in the third or fourth round or the fourth or fifth round. He had a guy like Fromm that fell to the fifth round. He was there for the pickings. You could have got him in the fourth round. I think Fromm is a is a is a he would have been a good backup in Philly. A guy like Easton would have been a good backup in Philly. Um Jalen is going to be a, a good backup for them. He's probably going to end up starting a few games here. Um, you know, in the near future, but I thought there were other options that were better passers of the ball, and you could at least put some more talent around Carson Wentz right now. This thing, for instance, guys, Greg Ward, who was the a wide, I'm sorry, he was a quarterback in high school, a quarterback at Houston in college, 
was your starting wide receiver at the end of the season. You had a quarterback, a college quarterback as your starting wide receiver. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And then you didn't get the best talent possible to go out there wide receiver. And don't get me wrong. I like the Jalen Rager. I thought that was an awesome pick, but I thought that was a reach too. There's some other talent on the board that could have been had, but Jalen is a guy. Hey, he's a, he's a yak guy. Yards have to catch guy. He's going to be, very exciting to watch. I think teams are going to try to mimic the speed that what Kansas City has out there. And Jalen Rager has speed that is every bit as fast and every bit as fluid as Tyreek Hill. It's going to be interesting. One more team I thought had a good draft. Let me go back to this um, to this team. I love, not like, I love what the Jacksonville Jaguars did, especially in the top half of their draft. They got the best cornerback in the draft. The guy from Florida, uh, so CJ, uh, where's he at? CJ, CJ, CJ Henderson. I don't, I don't say Anderson for some reason. CJ Henderson's already a pro, uh, you know. But CJ Henderson out of Florida, amazing pick, best cornerback I think in this draft. And then you backdoor that with Caleb on Chase on edge rusher pro uh, from LSU, a menace. The kid's a menace. And then you backdoor that with. LaVisca Chanel Jr. from Colorado. Uh, went to high school at DeSoto. This kid is a monster. He's very physical. Um, I love to watch him play. I like to watch him play in high school. Now I get to see him. I saw him in college. What I loved about him, he loves competition. He turned down offers from LSU and Alabama because he wanted to go to a, a school that wasn't on the map yet. I love that. And he did his thing at Colorado. Um, had a few injuries, so that's why he fell in the draft. But hey, man, he lined up everywhere. Everybody knew where the ball was going, but they couldn't stop him. I love, I love watching the kid play. Oh uh, yeah, Hamilton's going to be good at, at the DT. He also picked up uh, Colin Johnson from Texas. Hook him. Um, yeah, man, I like, I like what Jacksonville did, especially with those first four picks. I like what they did. So on that note, guys, man, it's getting a little late, man. So a little winners and losers from a draft. Hope you guys like that. Um, you know, so I'll come back tomorrow and throughout the week and we'll do some more draft analysis. But yeah, man, just just let me know what you guys think. Who do you think won a draft? Who do you think had had a good draft? Who do you think had a bad draft? Like I said, I thought the teams that had bad drafts were uh, Philly, but Green Bay. You gotta help out Aaron Rodgers. But uh yeah, guys, on that note, man, I'm out, man. You guys know what I say, man. Every episode, every podcast, do you, man. Don't be afraid to fail. I'll grow your environment. Understand your brilliance. And on that note, man, Nino's Corner, I am out. Ah.